What's up everyone? Welcome to the Decan Show and this is a series called Legal-ish. It's a series where we talk about all the legal questions that we have or you may have and we do so every week with everyone's favorite lawyer, Ahmed Oda. Welcome to your tribe. Yo, what's up everybody and welcome to another episode of Legal-ish with none other than mine and your favorite lawyer and legal advisor. Ahmed Oda in the building. What's going on? Hey, what's up, guys? Good to see you again. I'm here, too. I'm here, too. Hi, Reem. I was coming to you. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted I wanted to give Ahmed, you know, a moment to, like, do his thing, share a few words. <laughs> and then, you know, and then and then we move to you. So then you could have your Reem moment. <laughs> I took it anyways. There's lots happening in the world. I'm so excited. It's been a good week, actually. It has. Um, it has been a, a very interesting week. And to kick off the week right with a follow-up story of what we've already started last week talking about Arab tech. So for those that are listening to us last week that remember, Arab tech, the construction giant, is applying for insolvency and potential liquidation after suffering a massive loss of 794 million dirhams, which is the equivalent of $213 million in the first half of 2020. So where we left off last week, we were waiting on an official announcement after uh, the board of directors meeting, which has come. Finally, it's here. The Arab Tech board has officially made the decision to liquidate due to untenable financial situation, end quote, and expects to submit their liquidation application by the end of November. So just very quickly, in layman terms, Reem, what's untenable? Untenable in layman terms. Okay, so if if something cannot be defended against criticism or the situation cannot continue as it is, it's untenable. So what's happening with Arab tech and the way they're saying it's untenable is they can no longer continue in the current circumstances without resorting to some solution. And in this case, it's liquidation and insolvency. It's a nice, uh, you know, explanation to the definition. Lee. Well done. I win spelling bees. She <laughs> <laughs> probably scored really high on her SATs, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I did all right. I did all right. Yeah, but don't yeah. make me do quick maths. I don't do maths. <laughs> yeah. right. I'll, I'll, I'll skip the math questions then. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so based on their announcement, this is going to take till the end of November. And from my understanding, why it takes till the end of November? Well... Pretty much something, uh, something of the size type application. They need to make sure that they have all the right documents for the federal bankruptcy law because it does require that the application to the competent court must be accompanied with an extensive number of documents, which is why that they need time to collate. So they're they're trying to use that time to collect all their documents. So very interesting time to be in. And um, three days ago, Arabtech has actually asked their banks for a debt standstill for three months. So again, Reem, in layman terms, what are we saying here? <laughs> they're asking. So at the moment, what's happening is that they're technically hemorrhaging. So they're asking for a standstill so that they can assess the situation and allow the liquidators to come in and go through the process. So it's a, a holding pattern because things are going real bad, bro. <laughs> I see. But it's discretionary, though. They ask the banks, yeah, but they may or may not accept. Yeah, the banks don't have to say yes or no. That's right. just a request that they've made. Right. So you're just trying to holler, be like, yo, bro, like, 
can you give me three months? Let me sort things out before I come back to you (laughs) so we can put something together. So I just need a bit of time to figure things out. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Now, I think that the thing, like what happened with Arab Tech actually could be considered as a learning lesson for a lot of companies, small and big, because Arab Tech, you know, as huge as they are, they're a monolith of a company. They've, they, the shareholders have decided to put their pride to, to the side and say, okay, let's, let's put a, a stop to this bleeding uh, before it gets worse. And knowing that we could, you know, we could salvage something out of this, or at least the, um, the debtors can. And they might have taken, some might say they might have taken a, a bit of a premature decision. Uh, but, uh, but I think that this is actually, it's good, you know, for the company. I think, I think it's a correction. I think it's a, cor- a correction and it's necessary. So yeah, for sure, we don't know what it, businesses are like marriages. You don't know what it's like till you're actually in that one. So you can see people from the outside and you can say like whatever, but unless you're inside it in the trenches, you don't actually know what's going on. Good point. And I was just thinking about this. It was all, it's also a good um, kind of like an indication or a warning sign for any companies that want to deal with uh, in projects where Arab tech is, might be a main contractor. So, so if, if there is a company that is a subcontractor on the third or fifth level, uh, they may be like, Oh, Arab tech is a main contractor. And I was just about to tender or maybe win this pro- or I won this project. I was just about to commence it, but knowing full well that the Arab tech is now commencing liquidation, I'm going to pull out and then, you know, put my resources in other projects. So that is, you know, it saved a lot of heartache for a lot of other companies. Right future ones at least yeah no without a doubt I, I mean like the way i'm i'm looking at this as well is that it is, it's the business case study for us for the market and for the region and to what reem said like you could you might understand marriages or long-term relationships because you're in one but you won't understand that one unless you're in that specific one right so all the way we can do is look at it from the outside study it and analyze it and see what happens and you know put l- take learnings from it and take lessons that we can adapt into our own relationships, AKA our businesses. And give grace. Should always give grace. All right. So that's what we've got on Arab Tech for this week. We'll still get to keep an eye out and we'll be pumping out news on a week to week basis. Reem, what else you got? I'm excited about the next one. The next one, the next news bite that I've got, and I wanted to ask Ahmed about this. So I hear this week there's a new visa that's come out for people who want to come and work in the UAE for a year. It's like a thousand dirhams or something. Ahmed, can you tell us about what this new visa is and who it applies to and why is it relevant? Yeah, I just, um, uh, this, this piece of news just came out about three days ago, right? So it's uh, it's pretty fresh. I don't know anybody's applied for it, but it's definitely creating a lot of buzz. Um, now, and I don't have the article open in front of me exactly, but it's something to do with um, you, you could you could get a one year visa working from abroad. So let's say you're you're in a in a, in a sort of a multinational company and you're seconded to Dubai, um, and instead of getting a you know full on two year residency visa, you could get that one year residency visa, and provided that you you meet certain conditions. And one of the conditions is that you have to have an average monthly monthly salary of $5,000 and you have to support that with three months backing banking statements. I don't know if it's going to gain much traction as opposed, you know, instead of the actual two-year uh, visa. But if if this is something that, um, you know, companies would like to opt for, because you still have to do the health insurance and, you know, go through that. But if it might be a cheaper option if there's if there are big companies and they're, you know, sending their staff back and forth. From different countries over to Dubai, it might be a good um, good alternative. 
But for local companies that are sourcing locally and, you know, they have their, their talent local, it's not going to change much really. So yes, so it's not a residency, guys. It's a very, it's different. If you are in a company, then you're employed abroad. You had to come over here and work here. It's like a digital nomad. Exactly. So, you know, instead of choosing the beaches of Bali, Dubai beaches and faster Wi-Fi is <laughs> an option. Through. For me, the way, the way I look at it is that if the banks, if, the, if you're, you know, uh, because here, you know, being, in, being a part of the banking system is, you know, paramount to anything else. You have to be in bed with the banks. And if you, if you show up to a bank, a local bank with a, to open up an account uh, with a remote working visa and they look at it and they frown and they'll be like, what is this exactly? <laughs> and if they don't understand it and they reject the account opening, then, it, you know, it doesn't make sense to, to get it. So it has to be a legit visa. Yeah, that's true. That would be trouble. Agreed. Moving into our questions for this evening. Question one from one of our listeners. I have an entertainment company that has been operating for the past five years. Everything was going fine until the pandemic hit. And I have been forced to let go of employees without paying their salaries and end of service. I've also given checks to suppliers, which have now bounced. I have reached to a point where I'm not sure what to do as the company's current income cannot sustain the liabilities it's currently facing. So what is your advice? Passing the mic to you. Entertainment company. So <laughs> I'm sure you guys know a thing or two about what's happening. Tell but, me about it. Um, the, the, okay, let's, let, let's just start off with a bit of a, a backdrop of what's been going on in the entertainment um, industry. As far as I know, a lot of entertainment companies have kind of taken a sabbatical uh, of sorts. So they haven't really shut down their companies or anything. Yes, they have laid off their staff, but they've just pretty much been laying low, maybe, you know, uh, opting for other projects that are not related to the industry. And that's how they've been kind of surviving in that sense and just waiting for, for this entire COVID pandemic to pass. But this company in particular sounds like it's, you know, it, it dragged itself through uh, the pandemic, maybe trying to survive and it, and it couldn't. Um, especially in the, in the, uh, in the first few months. And now the, this person might be stuck in a position where he has a lot of liabilities that it far exceed the, you know, the cash reserves that he has and what he could pay. And there is not much that he could do is, you know, if he's predicting that the, the, the cash flows are not going to increase, he's got from one, one side, uh, the, uh, ex employees chasing after him in the labor court. So he won't be able to to employ anybody or renew his trade license. And then you have the other side, bounce checks, which may convert into police complaints. And then following on from that, um, uh, orders um, orders on writ and uh, with the civil court. So it is actually very serious for, uh, for him. And he has to take care of what he's going to do next. But um, if, he is, if this person is the manager of the company um, and a shareholder, he might be personally liable for the balance checks. So he needs to focus on those first and try to try to resolve them, resolve them as soon as, as, soon as possible. Um, as far as the, the, the ex-employees, I really hope he can pay, pay them off because if they file labor disputes, for sure, those labor disputes, you know, they're going to win and the company's not going to go anywhere. This is a very difficult situation for an entrepreneur having uh, checks out in the market, not being able to pay them and not having enough cash to you know, to continue the company, because if you, if you opt to liquidate like Arabtech, for example, you could potentially avoid some of the liabilities, but not all of it, especially uh, liabilities pertaining to bounce checks, because a bounce check will stick with you till 
forever. It doesn't a bounce check, you know, as per the civil, uh, the, the UAE penal code, you are eventually going to be personally liable as a manager, as a signatory of the, of the check. So you'll, um, even if you try to liquidate the company, you're not going to be absolved of the, you know, the criminal liability of having given a bounce check, which is pretty much, you know, a, a promise. You've, you've promised to pay someone and you haven't, you haven't adhered to that promise. So that is something that he has to resolve uh, even, I think, as more importantly than, than, the, uh, than the ex-employees. So good luck to him or her for that matter. Duly noted, if you got bounce checks, that, that's a personal liability. Doesn't matter whether you liquidate the company or not, that, get, that needs to get paid. I think the way I think one of the things that we're seeing in the industry is to try and speak to everybody and negotiate some sort of agreement moving forward. I think that's just the best way at this point. You know, our our industry's taken a hit. That's one thing that we know. But uh, there have been creative solutions <laughs> that people are slowly finding through the water. And actually, another question on responsibility, but a different kind of question, uh, speaking of the pandemic. Uh, the second question is, we live in a busy Dubai neighborhood, and I see many people on the weekends carelessly wearing their masks and not sanitizing. My area has a lot of young and old people. Is it my duty to report these people? And what's the, what's the legal way to enforce mask wearing. Um, I, yeah, I'm concerned about the same thing, but I'm not the, I'm not gonna, I, I don't know why I don't believe I should call people. Am I wrong? Should I be calling the cops? <laughs> oh man. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just read a comment on one of the, you know, one of the Facebook posts on my, on my feed just, just a couple of hours ago. And it, it went something like this. Uh, a kid was eating a, a, a big bar of chocolate in the, on a bus. And then a man went up to him and said, you know, you're eating chocolate and, um, and that's, you know, that's really harmful for your health. And, and, uh, shouldn't you stop eating that? And the kid, um, and the kid told him, uh, told the guy, he said, my grandfather lived up to 135 years old. And the man told the kid, oh, wow, that's really cool. How, how did he, um, how did he live that long? And the kid, you know, looked at the guy, the man and said to him, it's because my grandfather, you know, he minded his own business. <laughs> so <laughs> mind your own business, man. <laughs> Don't get involved in these things. There, there are security companies everywhere. There's police everywhere. You guys know police patrolling uh, the streets. They patrol communities, and it's their job to to find the people. And there's a lot, you know, fines that are uh, clearly laid out about, you know, very hefty fines for not wearing your masks in public. Let the let the public uh, service uh, companies do the or the public service to do their jobs and, and yeah, yeah I mean, stay out of it. A, a part of me feels like once we release this episode, I'm just going to send a link to um, the WhatsApp group for the owners and uh, residents in my community because, yo, that, they all that, take on the responsibility of every, being the police. <laughs> yo, that's that's a WhatsApp group of snitches. Yeah. <laughs> All the, the Karens have come out. Yo, and to play the and it's, it's not about being Karens. It's just straight up snitches. Like that's, that's the equivalent of uh, the, the Karen in the park where the black guy was like, yo, you might want to put your dog on a leash. And she calls the police. Mm -hmm. That That's what it's like. It's just, they just see two, three cars parked next to each other. Ah, ah, they got a party. Somebody call the cops. And they start talking smack in the WhatsApp groups. <laughs> oh my God. And they just can't yeah. wait to report something somehow, somewhere. And I'm like, it's just, I'm done. It's infuriating. So my brother, I love it because he complains every day. He feels like he comes to me talking about, oh, I feel like I want to say something. I got to respond to them. 
I'm like, well, go for it. <laughs> if you want to take that that's on. A, that's a lion's den if you're going to be responding in internal WhatsApp owners groups. You do you. Yeah. I'm just going to sit back here and watch and laugh at this because that's entertainment for right. me. <laughs> so everybody, wear your masks and mind your own business. And mind your own business. <laughs> and sanitize. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, not entirely a, a legal answer, but I, I think I think it's as practical as possible. Legal enough. It's legal enough. Yeah, that's legal. for sure. Yeah. Legal. I mean, yeah, I understand from a legal standpoint, there are there there has been a call out for people to you know submit complaints and communicate and reach out. I understand also on the other side of things for a lot of people, you don't want to be dealing with that. So, you know, be like be like the kid's granddad. Live up to 100 plus years. <laughs> yeah. 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 You just go up to them nicely. Be like, guys, you know, just put on your masks, you know, just as a, as a matter of respect or, you know, abiding by the law. But that's it. Don't report them. <laughs> <laughs> the Neighborhood Watch. The Neighborhood and Watch. That, is, that has been Amadoda, who is not part of the Neighborhood Watch. <laughs> no, he won't. He won't write. He's not a snitch. He won't write you up. <laughs> no, he won't. <laughs> You know, always trust your favorite lawyer. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, man. Yo, that has no. been insightful. A lot a lot is happening on the Arab tech front. We're going to keep you guys posted every week. And we're going to keep bringing up the great questions and the stories to keep you all updated on what's been going on. And thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Reem. Thank you, Ahmed. Uh, really appreciate you. you guys. And for our listeners, if you got any questions, Drop us a line. Hello at DukanMedia.com. We promise to keep you anonymous. And stay safe, stay sanitized, wear your masks. Don't don't chin guard it. Cover your nose. Don't be a snitch. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> Peace. Thank you for kicking it with us today. I hope you enjoyed listening to this week's episode as much as we enjoyed creating it for you. Please subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast at to stay up to date with all our conversations. Also, if you don't mind, hit us with the five-star rating, leave a comment, let us know how you feel about the show. That way, it could also help others find the show. And be sure to share it with your friends and family, whoever you think can benefit from it. You can holler at us on all social media platforms at The Can Show. We'd love to hear from you. Or you could drop us an email to hello at thecanmedia.com. Salam. <laughs>